Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello and welcome to the Spark Parade, where I geek out with artists and entertainers about their cultural spark of inspiration. I'm Adam Unz at Spark Parade on all social media. Thanks so much for joining me. Uh, this week, my guest is award-winning Icelandic composer, musician, and writer Bardi Johansson. Uh, this is a super exciting one for me because Bardi's spark of inspiration is drum roll. David Lynch's Palm Door winning thrill ride, Wild at Heart. Uh, I love this movie with every corner of my heart, and so does Barty. I think we really leaned into the geeking out in this chat, and that's a very, very good thing. I am so excited for you to hear it, so I'm not going to keep you in suspense any longer. Let's dive right in. Quick Barty facts. Barty Johansson is an award-winning Icelandic composer, musician, and writer. He is mostly known for his work with the groups Bang Gang, Starwalker, a collaboration with J.B. Dunkel of Air, and Lady and Bird, a side project with Karen Ann. He is an acclaimed writer of original soundtracks and has scored numerous films, worked on a variety of audiovisual projects such as trailers, TV series, ads, and documentaries, and he has worked with national theaters in Iceland and around France, and his music has been performed by orchestras throughout Europe. Barty's complex and chilling score for Michele Civetta's 2020 independent film Agony, starring Asia Argento, was released earlier this year, and it's so fucking good, and you should listen to it immediately. Quick Wild at Heart facts. Wild at Heart is a 1990 American black comedy romantic crime film written and directed by David Lynch and starring Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern, Diane Ladd, Willem Dafoe, Harry Dean Stanton, and Isabella Rossellini. It was based on the 1989 novel of the same name by Barry Gifford and featured allusions to The Wizard of Oz and Elvis Presley and his movies. It tells the story of Sailor Ripley, played by Nicolas Cage, and Lula Pace Fortune, played by Laura Dern, a young couple who go on the run from Lula's domineering mother and the gangsters she hired to kill Sawyer. It won the Palme d'Or at the 1990 Cannes Film Festival, which was at the time considered a controversial decision. And there you have it. Now that you've got a full preparatory rundown, let's jump right into the main event. Here comes my chat with Barty Johansson about Wild at Heart. Actually, I haven't seen it for many years, mm. but... Uh... But uh, it was the film that uh, inspired me the most, uh, since I, just in general. Yeah. So it's the only movie that I, I, I've seen it maybe like seven times or something. 
Mm. But um, but uh, but I still remember when I walked out of the cinema, and it's the only movie on ET where I remember uh, the effect of walking out of the cinema. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you did you see it when it was originally out in the cinema, or um, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, so I was young. Like when was it released? Like uh, 1990, I think. Yeah, 1990. So. I'm 15. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, one crazy uh, little aside here is that it is, at least in the United States, impossible to find now. And for a film that won the Palme d'Or, it had, yeah. uh, you know, was a, a, a big deal when it came out. I th- I'm pretty sure it's the only David Lynch film that is not available anywhere. Like I, I rewatched it, but I had to use a VPN and and go through a, okay. a British site. I have like a, a DVD of it from ages yeah, ago. That's me too. A, a British DVD. And it's like, A, I don't have a DVD player anymore. And B, yeah. it's region two and I'm in region one. So it's like, yeah, a whole, a whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. uh, it kind of adds to the intrigue of it that it's like, this thing that I love and that I have such, you know, amazing memories of, but now you have to work really hard to find it. And it's produced by Icelandic people also. There is a, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So like that first experience of seeing it in the cinema, had you seen other David Lynch uh, films and, and stuff before, or was this the first one? I think it was the first one. I don't remember. I, in fact, I don't remember much since I was young. But I remember I had been. Uh, I hadn't seen anything like this before. And I was sitting in the cinema, and I remember like, whoa, wow, like always, like uh, just like, um, yeah, like something I had never seen. And I walked out, and I was like, whoa, um, this is possible. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and in a way, I think it's a really good entry point to david lynch's work because even though it's totally crazy like there's a million just insane things happening constantly it has a bit more of a clear traditional narrative structure than a lot of david lynch's other work and it's not quite as abstract so kind of uh giving you this you know it's based on a book um it's it's not an original idea and giving you some you know a, a more traditional framework that David Lynch has yeah. built his his kind of more insane ideas on top of. Yeah, and also because I'm I'm uh, I'm 15 when I see it. I'm sure at 15, if I would have seen something more uh, like uh, more weird, I would probably um, and at that time because there was not so much we like um, and living in Iceland too, so. Uh, you had to really uh, work for it because we in the island we were at that time probably two hundred thousand people. So when you wanted to see something weird, you had to know someone who had bought it abroad and brought it to Iceland, and uh, you had to really work for it. And we were watching gore movies at that time, mm. but they were kind of like more zombie things. But uh, but then you see this Lynch film with a. Uh, yeah, with a story, and um, 
and but still going like spacing out once in a while mm-hmm. and uh, that when you're 15 so you're just like uh, I, I i didn't like um at that time i could have done like a write-off like ah, it's just nonsense mm. but it kept me really with the with the story and then afterwards i was like okay whoa and it opened the door and then i started looking to other weird movies and uh, from there um, it only got more weird <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I think it's David Lynch in general because of, you know, the, uh, for want of a better category, of weird filmmakers. He is a very prominent one. He's someone who people know his films generally outside of this one, obviously, are accessible. People can find them. Yeah. Um, And he has a high profile. So like getting that introduction, this is the closest that this kind of weird abstraction gets to the mainstream. And yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's incredible. And like in reading about the differences between the novel and the film, the things that he's added on, um, the references yeah. to The Wizard of Oz um, and just little flashes like the car accident that happens where they find Sherilyn Fenn on the side of the road kind of wandering around um, in a daze. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just getting those like weird absurd abstract just kind of like flashes of something else <laughs> that you know like you're, you're like what yes. what is this this doesn't fit into the kind of movies that i've seen before yeah and also musically it mm. like it appealed to me so much because at that time i was listening to black metal i was listening to janet jackson mm. you know like uh, and everything in between right and you have the soundtrack and it's elvis presley and it's uh it's slaughterhouse and it's uh, it's sweet and it's metal and you get everything and also the the movie you get everything it's uh, weird it's normal it's uh, it's just you get it's, it, yeah get everything in in one and also Nicolas Cage because he's so extreme like the acting mm. and uh, there's another movie that I love with Nicolas Cage which is uh, Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. 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 I recently spoke to somebody about Moonstruck and in uh, talking yeah. about that, I read interviews with him at the time where he was like, he really had to be convinced to do that movie and he wanted to do weird shit. He wasn't into doing mainstream stuff and he did Vampire's yeah. Kiss immediately after Moonstruck, which is just like, you know, they're polar okay. opposites, yeah. really different. Um, and then yes. right around that time, you yeah. know, I think Wild at Heart must have been next after that. And then you have Monty, which which I think, um, did you see Monty, the, the new? So good. Yeah, like I really... Yeah, it's so good, and I feel like um, like uh, Wild at Heart and Monty, like um, both of them are like uh, also like uh, visually mind blowing, and he gets like being this overacting technique, mm-hmm. it becomes so beautiful. Yeah, in in these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find it so interesting as well because you know he comes from a hollywood dynasty he's a coppola and you know he he could have just had a very mainstream you know he had kind of like hollywood looks and had the pedigree and all of this stuff so he could have just done like had tom cruise's career path or you know some other like romantic lead or whatever and i find it so interesting that you know he has done commercial stuff like con air and whatever but um, (laughs) having making all of these totally bizarre choices and being really invested in the stuff that's 
the weirdest when he had the ability to basically do whatever he wanted to do is is great yeah and and uh, and you see that there's and what what also is uh, what i like about lynch and and what i think cage has too is that you have the seriousness you have the the art and then you have the humor like underlying like underlying humor also mm. with all the bizarreness yeah which generally not everybody gets like they don't get it that um, that that doesn't you don't have to put there's not always a punchline or, or clarity in humor and this is what i like about them too it's like yeah yeah i i i think wild at heart is a perfect example of that kind of scattershot like it a little bit of everything and sometimes everything at the same time. And like you were saying, musically, you know, there's the scene where they're like dancing to like, you know, thrash metal in a club, really like going for it. And then he gets into a kind of altercation with this guy and then sings an Elvis song. And it's like, it just seamlessly moves from one thing to the next. Um, And yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. And the yeah. the yeah. Uh, humor yeah. and the violence that sometimes, you know, there's horrifying things that happen. Sometimes it feels scary. Sometimes it feels really intense. And sometimes it feels funny. And sometimes it's yeah. all of those things at the same time. So, yeah. yeah. Which is like life, you know, like sometimes uh, right. uh, when, you're, when you are experiencing something really uh, heartbreaking, you can start laughing. Uh, like all you can see humor for a few seconds and then not and uh, and i think that's what you have there you have everything but really and really well done right and uh, th- there was one icelandic producer who was uh, uh, living in hollywood and uh, doing big movies and uh, he did the yeah, twin peaks wild at heart and then some co- commercial films but uh, but also these um, weird weird ones mm. Yeah. And this, I think, was I, I don't know if it was Dave Lynch's in, intent to like combine a very commercial idea with his brand of weirdness. But that's what it feels like is taking this kind of Bonnie and Clyde story that had been done by other people, you know, even uh, true romance, things like that, where there's like a couple yeah. kind of on the run, the ultra violence being thrown in and, and pop culture being thrown in. But yeah, this takes all of those ideas to such extremes that it's it's its own thing completely. And it's so divisive as well. It, you know, people either love it or they hate it. And, you know, there's the famous story of when it won the Palm Door that people were like booing and throwing things and oh, really yeah? upset. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's clear because it won that there are people who appreciate yeah. it, but then also total detractors who, who thought it was awful. Um, and I, that makes me love it even more that there are people who yeah. just think it's garbage. <laughs> Similar story but but um it was good but not as but uh but it didn't like i didn't remember anything from it what was it like there was some like um, they were traveling and he was a killer who who is in it yeah woody harrelson uh um natural born killers yeah natural born killers mm-hmm. yeah yeah this was good, but it did not reach the the. For me, it was I put them on also in the same category. Mm-hmm. But um, but uh, yeah, but just while that heart stands out, I always when you ask my like top uh, five movies through since I was fifteen, uh, it yeah. didn't change. So yeah, 
And I think one of the key differences between Wild at Heart and um, Natural Born Killers is Natural Born Killers is so like I I like that movie too, but it's very in your face. It tells you yeah. where to laugh. It's like it, the the yeah. lines aren't blurred. It's like this is a funny bit or this is an outrageous bit. And Wild yeah, yeah. at Heart, it's like sometimes you feel like, is it okay to laugh at this? Is this supposed yeah, to be yeah. funny? Yes. Like what what's intentional yeah, yeah. and what isn't? Um, yes. So it's a little bit more up to you to determine uh, how you receive the movie than um, yes. something like Natural Born Killers, which I think really tells you what you're supposed to feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's more aggressive, um, uh, like a, yeah, co- constantly, but um, yeah. But I watched that just to to um, but but then I, I realized that um, that I I had placed it in the same category as Wild at Heart, but it didn't um, reach the same same uh, yeah. It was a uh, uh, I was missing the the like yeah. What what you have is also the characters. They are um, they are all extreme, but still they don't go over the top. Mm. While in natural born killer, killers, they go all over the top. Right. But of course, it's like comparing, you know, like one song to another song and like saying, well, there's. A... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I think the uh, Wild at Heart is a perfect, uh, came at a perfect time because he was making Twin Peaks. I think they had just finished the um, pilot when he started making this movie. So it's like tons of the most amazing people from Twin Peaks make appearances in this and then also using actors who he'd used in other movies like Laura Dern and Isabella Rossellini and then um, throwing in random people who fit so perfectly into like David Lynch's world like Nicolas Cage and Willem Dafoe. Oh, that performance. Um, He's just like grotesque and looks like he's having so much fun just being this like creepy, you know, lecherous gross man yeah so yeah all all of that stuff like all of those little touches it's like everything feels so perfectly cast and then being thrown into this world that's just like chaos and in the in the best possible way yeah yeah and uh and uh i'm i'm sure if i because i watched the racer head um Mm. uh uh, later on and I think uh, I would not have uh, managed to, to, like, if I had seen the <laughs> Eraser, 15 years old Eraser at first, I would probably do a write-off. Yeah. But uh, but if you see Wild Attack first and then you go backwards, then it all makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Eraserhead is, uh, you know, doctorate level in <laughs> David Lynch. Like, yes. very, very yeah. um, the, the most bizarre you know, abstract, full, like five minute sequences where very little is happening. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah. But it's like, again, I love it. And it's it's another part of this. Um, I, I, I think maybe Eraserhead has the least amount of narrative structure or, you know, traditional narrative structure of all of his movies that there are, there's some discernible something that you can latch on to in in every other movie of his that i can think of um so yeah, yeah but it, it has as part they're, they're still part of the same family tree like you can see the uh resemblances in in directorial style and and um 
all of that stuff. But I think this is like wild at heart is David Lynch being able to like incorporate all of these other elements of like the, you know, the music that he likes and just, you know, thematic stuff that happens uh, that pops up in all of his other work. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I did um, uh, on my on the first uh, album with my band uh, uh, like the first album I released with my band Bangang, uh, I did a cover of In Heaven from the from Eraserhead, mm. and uh, yeah, and uh, for me, when you when you look at Lynch's work, he he is always like um, uh, doing like um, you can see little things that connect, uh, like um, just like in Salvador Dali, it's it's in Dali's work, it's more um, obvious um, because he he really like um, places them, but but when you watch. Uh, and see Lynch work. You see, the, like there is, there is. He uses. Um, it's like, um, yeah, he places things so, so you, you, you know, it's him mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, yeah, and you know, uh, subtle things from the way he frames shots all yeah. the way up to the more uh, overt, in, insane things like you know, Diane Ladd covering her entire face in lipstick. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yes. Um, yeah. The 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 uh that whole spectrum, you know, from the the most subtle to the most outrageous stuff, you can still yeah. tell it has it, a, a very distinct uh lynchian stamp on it. Um Yeah. And also the the fire, the um mm. and uh and uh, yeah, like there there's there's endless little things. Yeah. That shot also the like nighttime driving down a road with you know the headlights lighting up the road ahead of you obviously yeah. that comes up a lot in lost highway but like lots of his movies have that uh thrown in and um like i said you know that scene where the car accident happens that it's just like this very jarring weird there are a few of those moments that just kind of take you out of the main story and are just the story, you know, Crispin Glover, who's like uh, Laura Dern's uncle who disappeared and put cockroaches in his underwear drawer and all that stuff. Like that's not in the book. He's just thrown that in and it's kind of like very bizarre things happening. So there are like kind of one-off weird things too, but then having those like signature moments that really say David Lynch to you. Yes. Yeah. He is, uh, he is, uh, really really um yeah like uh, for me it's like um like the these artists like dali um lynch um and then well well they actually kept throughout their whole career um something like there is there is uh, they they are good all the way uh, like from beginning well, David Lynch hasn't reached the end yet, mm. but they have that. While some artists just have uh, like a temporary uh, good moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And always, at least to my mind, David Lynch is always evolving, always like trying to push himself to do new things. Like the difference between the first Twin Peaks episodes and the newer stuff that he's done it's it's insane it's crazy and like the difference between the original 90s twin peaks and the new series that he did recently it's like the new one is so much more abstract and just really pushing all of the craziest ideas because he's got you know more freedom i think when he uh moved to a, a a paid network that was um you know he could do 
more violent things and weirder things and um, didn't have to worry as much. But but definitely across all his entire career, you can see that there's a desire to explore new territory and push boundaries. Yeah, I think sometimes uh, budgets are, uh, well, budgets can be good, but they can also be be bad you know you always you always need some budget but um but um but when there is too too much well it well it depends actually who gives the budget (laughs) but (laughs) but if you have a budget with um from people who expect uh, their money back Mm -hmm. or if you have a budget from someone who doesn't expect the money back or if you just have a little budget and uh, then nobody cares if they have their money back or not. This is three different uh, places. Of course, it's the best to to be in the situation where you have a big budget and the people don't care if they get it back. Right. But uh, but um, but it can like you can end up with only compromise with with a situation with a budget where people it can be good, can be not. But sometimes when you have less budget. And uh, not too much pressure on uh, being uh, like uh, having to return fully the the budget. Then uh, it's uh, it's amazing. Like in in Jodorowsky, he was he he um, got lucky <laughs> or lucky. Well, he <laughs> he at least had at some point a budget with a huge budget to make, uh, which was helpful for him. But then. Um, yeah, so um, so that's a situation where where it can be can be good, but but uh, but like for example, for myself, I I try to build um, a universe where I can basically do what I want, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and then uh, not having to worry too much about what people think. Yeah. And like you said, the position that you want to be in, if somebody is going to fund a project that you're working on, is that they say, here's the money. I have no expectations of getting it back. I don't want any control over what you're doing. I believe in you and I want you to make your best work. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I think there needs to be, you know, uh, it would be better if the world had more people who are willing to, to be that free with the uh, <laughs> support that they're giving, that they, you know, give complete artistic control to people. Yeah. It's like, uh, apparently, um, Holy Mountain was made, uh, that's what I've heard with, uh, mm. with, um, uh, almost endless funding. So, and, and that was, uh, that's, uh, I, I, that movie also is like, when you watch it, it's like, whoa, how could they do that? Yeah. Yeah. So like amazing. Building. Yeah building insane sets yeah 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 um well uh i feel very good i i feel um completely satisfied this was a lovely chat uh you feel good yeah 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 um thank you so much this was this was so much fun i love love talking about david lynch so i'm glad uh to have had the opportunity yes and um yeah and i can tell you stories later um (laughs) when it's off (laughs) yes (laughs) okay well yeah okay so uh, thank you very much thank you and um yes yeah take care yeah take care too all right (laughs) okay bye yeah bye bye see i told you that was a good one
Thanks again to Bardi for chatting with me. Please listen to his score for Agony. It's beautiful and unsettling and an absolute delight. Okay, my little inspirational cultural work this time is HBO's recently released Eyes on the Prize Hallowed Ground, directed by Sophia Nolly Allison. Um, it's a companion piece to and a reflection on Eyes on the Prize, which is Henry Hampton's seminal multi-award winning documentary about the civil rights movement in the United States. Um, this follow-up to me served primarily as a reminder of the greatness of the original documentary, um, and it includes interviews with a bunch of people who talk about the profound impact that it had on them. I saw Eyes on the Prize in school when I was a kid, and I was absolutely bowled over by it. It's such an important historical document, and it's something that feels very relevant to the modern-day movement in support of black lives, because, surprise, the civil rights movement never ended. This new HBO film is excellent, but I would highly recommend watching it after you've seen or rewatched the original series. Um, it's a long series, but it's absolutely incredible, and you'll thank me after you've seen it. And that's about it. Please post about this episode and the podcast in general on your social media. It's super easy. You can just share my posts, and then you'll get a warm feeling inside knowing that you've helped me out. Other than that, enjoy the next couple of days, because I've got another amazing episode for you on Friday. Cool, right? So stay safe, be good, and until next time, bye. Could it be the giant pink dress? <gasps> you didn't like what? You didn't like a Jimbo outfit? How dare you? I know. Hi, I'm Mijan. And I'm Nick. I like to call myself a semi drag race expert. And I've never seen it before. So join us on our podcast, Whispering Hunties, every week for drag race expertise. And the exact opposite of that. Either way, it's a geeky. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, okay. Get How out. could I possibly take your no. cute cats that keep walking all over you and making know. me wish that I had a My pet? Sweet and get, get out of this podcast. I need a door slam like <laughs> right now as I throw you out of the house. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to ApocalypsePodcastNetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.